Welcome to Speak with Brandy B. Love. Today we have a special guest. Um, Mel is with us. Hi, Mel. Hello. So happy to be here. <laughs> Welcome. I'm so happy you're here too. Oh, I don't know how it is where you are, but we are having a rainy, rainy day here today. Same. And I'm kind of here for it. Me too. I'm digging it. It's snuggly and actually a little warm. <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, on a day that I don't have to go into work, it's nice because like I can like cuddle with my dog, wear my comfy pants and like read a book while listening to the rain fall down. So it's just like very comforting. Mm, I'm totally feeling you as I'm dog sitting currently. I am getting to rejoice in that vibe as well. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to dig in here. Um, yeah. So I wanted to just ask you, I know you're going through some transitions right now, and I just wanted to ask um, how that's going for you, what you want to share about that and yeah, what it's bringing up in your life. Oh, I love it. Um, so, I mean, we have this beautiful transition of coming out of DCI. So stepping into the realm of owning my power as a coach, my voice as a coach, and what that all looks like and what it feels like, um, accompanied with also ending a 10-year relationship. Um, I was engaged to this person for a year, and mutual, still difficult, still hard, um, and just really learning to still show up for myself in the chaos that is like I mean, we talk about it all the time, the, the puzzle pieces thrown in the air and just mm -hmm. grabbing what I need and what serves me at this moment to link up this new chapter and picture in my life. Mm. I feel you. Yeah. It's like creating some assembly of normalcy in the midst of all of this seeming, I don't know, chaos and transition, but finding the beauty in it nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. And, and realizing that intuitively, um, I I already know what's best for me, I already know the me that I'm bound to be. But trusting that intuition, that nature, those things that come up, because I think in a lot of this, there's so many emotions, right? Excitement yeah. for, for a new chapter, fear, because it's so unknown grief because there's a lot of loss um and really just allowing myself to feel all those feelings sit with it and let it marinate and mm -hmm. then be able to show up for myself and say okay like this is this is what I'm feeling today and tomorrow might be a little different but they're all big pieces to this this puzzle that will help me be that person I'm bound to be in that next chapter yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think obviously it's really brave and profound and wise to actually feel through your emotions and not bottle them up or be like, this is a good emotion. I'm going to hold on to this and run with it. And so that's a really good, healthy technique and strategy to moving through things in a way that you can actually move through them and not just kind of skip over the steps. Is there anything... Um, is there anything else that you've been doing? Like, 
for example, when you feel one of these feelings that we might say, Hey, I don't really want to feel that, that level of grief or whatever, but you're actually sitting in it. Is there anything that you've been doing to kind of nourish yourself after you're experiencing that depth of emotion? Yeah, what a beautiful question. And I think one that really gets to the root of how we can heal as humans, how we learn to cope with things, because I'm not perfect. And all this isn't to say I, I haven't indulged in like, the bad habit of, you know, over snacking on Doritos or like Mm -hmm. not wanting to feel the sadness, the loss, the grief, the anger. Um, And I think what really has helped me sit with it are two things. Um, Music therapy. Mm -hmm. So I, I've had a history of dance. I love dancing. I do hula hoop dancing now with my girlfriends It has just always been a part of my life. It's always been this place to go back to for me to heal and really sit with the connection my body and mind feel to a song, to a tune, to a lyric. Um, You know, also raised by hippies. It was just like my world. (laughs) (laughs) So if I'm, if I wake up, sometimes I'll listen to the radio and that hasn't really been sitting with me. These conversations that are going on on the radio, although great, important, it, it's almost like I'm not really attuning in in the way that I want to. So I've been tapping into music more. And um, if I'm sad, I'll play like really sad, make me cry, let it all out songs because it's helping support me get that emotion out with without me feeling like I'm dwelling on the same repetitive thought. Okay, yeah. So I think that has been healing for me because it's allowing me to feel the emotion. It's allowing me to also have other thoughts that come in from the lyrics or from the song, right? Like filtering in like, okay, what is it that's really sad? It's not just the loss of this person. Oh my gosh, it's also like how they feel and like coping with their feelings. Oh, it's also just sad because it's it's a relationship that is ending and that's always sad and it's sad for our dog and it's sad for our family and just like being able to realize that it's more than just this one like trajectory of thought and the other thing I would say I do is um as a people pleaser I don't always lean into people as well as I should and Mm -hmm. letting them know I'm not great right like I like to be happy and bubbly and like sunshine and roses um so just allowing myself to be like no I'm not okay and like even to people at work who are like you're not okay don't have to go into it just wanted to let you know this is where I'm showing up I'm not okay I will be okay I'll have moments where I feel okay today but overall not okay and that's cool and I think that allows me then the acceptance to be like yeah you're not fucking okay but that's also part of the process the more you deny that, the more you say that you're not mad or frustrated or having a hard day or sad, it, it that, those emotions are just going to stay trapped within me. Yeah, it's almost like you stick them to you by trying to hide them behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. And really allowing people to know where I'm at allows now my friends to step in and show up in ways for me to be like, hey, I know that you have a hard time calling me when you're feeling sad. So I called you this morning. And even though the conversation started like, hey, on my way to work, I'm good. 
once I broke down that I don't have to show up except for show up for myself, you really start to have these really intimate conversations and allow people to support you, allow my friends to help lift me up in a time that they genuinely want to, and I genuinely need it. Mm, yeah. That's so amazing. There's like, yeah, there's so many good points you brought up right now to kind <laughs> of like hold on to and run with. Um, a couple, one is this, this hooping thing. I think there's that whole concept around hooping where you're the center of your universe. You're the center mm-hmm. of your world. And tying that back to something you said, I think prior to the, to the whole hooping um, was that you know, you know where you're heading, you know who you are, and you know where you're heading, even though you don't necessarily know what it's going to look like. And you're going through this whole mashup of the puzzle pieces being up in the air, the cram box being on the ground spilt out, you have this steadfast confidence that you know, inside of you or your higher self, however you want to put it, that you're, you're headed in the right direction. And so it sounds like that is leading you and is that something that you were working with consciously or is it more just like you do know it consciously, but you're just letting it flow out naturally and watching it happen? Ooh, um, oh, that's a good question. And one that I may not consciously have even focused on. So um, I think there's parts that consciously I'm like, realizing um I need to allow it to flow in this direction and trust myself like okay it may not look like what I expected two years ago when we graduated this program and how I was going to set up my next few months Mm -hmm. and I think there's also the subconscious component of being like I have been through so much and I've survived so you just need to trust in like your natural ability to survive those traumas and strengths that I have from my past are still with me. They've evolved and helped me become the woman I am today. They're going to do the same thing in this, this next chapter, next stage of life. So there's a conscious element of, okay, I, I know this is what I need to do because it's also subconscious. And I know this is innately what I'm capable of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think it's coming from this really intuitive place. So there's, it sounds like there's the consciousness of, hey, I've survived things before. I know I can. I know I wouldn't be, not to say blowing up, but I wouldn't be like (laughs) opening up my whole life, changing things that I believed were right for me with all of me, all of this investment that I put into this relationship, this life, this home if I didn't know deep inside of me that there was something else that I was growing towards. So that makes sense. And it's like, it, you don't need to know what that's going to look like. You just, there's this feeling. It kind of reminds me of, so I know you are really well-versed in yoga (laughs) and I am (laughs) super new to it. And I know you know that, but it's really reminding me of this Oh gosh, I don't even know if it's like a pose. I almost don't think it is, but um, 
it's it was part of uh, the Kundalini practice that I've been working with. And it's where you are, when you're breathing in, you're kind of lifting your chest like up and outward forward. Mm. And as you're describing what's happening, it's making me think of that because even though as I was doing the practice, I wasn't really thinking of this um, in the moment, it kind of feels like there's this string kind of pulling me up and out. Mm. Mm-hmm. This wow. invisible string pulling me up and out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's funny you you brought up the yoga um because that is such a big part of of me and who I am. So there are points where like I think back on where I'm currently in in life and poses that I do that are like, wow, like I'm metaphysically and physically doing this. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, like my, I am rising my chest and like drawing myself up and onward through this healing process. I'm opening myself up in a very raw way and allowing myself to feel to then relax my body and settle into this new mold, this new stretch. And it may be uncomfortable and it may be a few breaths before I really release, but it is that, that upward pull, that upward draw. Mm. Mm. Oh, gosh. So as you <laughs> shared upon my reflection on your reflection of your life right now, it reminded me of the next step in that, which is that so it's opening the heart, it's pulling it up and out, then the chin tucks in and connects the head to the heart, then opening the throat. So speaking, mm. and then really just like having the head sit really steadily on top of these other two areas. So really letting the heart and the throat lead these next steps, these next moves. Mm. That is some really juicy insight because it is in this moment for me, allowing my heart to open up, but my throat too. And then your head is this beautiful machine that can sometimes be a catalyst for disaster and sometimes be a catalyst for expansion and really allowing it to sit in between that space of aligning with my heart and my voice. Because at the end of the day, what initially I think started this journey and and us on this path, and I say us because he has felt it too, mm-hmm. um, is, is that feeling of unalignment. I, my heart says, I love you and this needs to work. And like, we've spent years together, this commitment, you're my best friend. We have family united, but our throats and what we were communicating weren't saying that. And it constantly came back to this topic of like, we're not communicating properly. Like, where is our communication? And it's because our heart was leading forward, our head was chaotic, and our throats were trapped. And I think now the two of us are really able to figure out, well, wait a second, when I align myself and really sit with who I am and what I need and feel, I'm starting to realize that the reason my voice was so trapped is because I wasn't in alignment fully with my head and my heart. I wasn't mm. really seeing what I was feeling. 
and like observing my thoughts to be able to to speak my truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's um yeah. I feel like that's really I don't want to say symptoms, but all that's coming to me, a really common symptom of being really dedicated to, well, it could be a project, even, you know, a work or whatever, but to something or somebody, especially that you love and you go in it with this, this excitement, this hope, this, you know, dedication to honoring yourself and honoring them, honoring the process. And that can get really um, intertwined, which can be really, really nice. But that can also make it complicated to see where 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 we're really at and and actually being in alignment with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that makes Absolutely. a lot of sense. Absolutely, yeah. It's I mean, this world is beautiful and tricky and fabulous, and all these wonderful experiences are just here to help evolve us and I mean we we talked upon it um in so many different forms in so many different ways but it doesn't relationships experiences human beings don't have to fit in these boxes we've molded Mm -hmm. we don't have to look this specific way and I think when you start to break outside of that especially as you evolve into new chapters of being and who you are and understanding yourself, you start to realize like, Ooh, this, this parameter that I was in, this box I was in was just me satisfying the norm or making it look like what I thought it was supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And now that I step outside of it, it doesn't really look like that for me. And, you know, we, him and I talk, This was somebody that was my best friend before they were my partner. And for us, at the end of the day, what it looks like at the end of this is two people who, whether they end up together or not through it all, are still best friends who have so much love and respect for each other. And if that doesn't look like it's supposed to because, you know, we're exes, or if it doesn't look like the healthy dynamic relationship because we broke up, got back together, it doesn't matter. What matters mm-hmm. is how we feel and what it, it looks like for us to be cohesive going forward, whether together or not. Right, right. Yeah, and I, I think you're really, what we're talking about at the, the root of this is that you're really pioneering. You're doing something that is outside of the norm, is outside of these boxes that we've been told we should do and and well for a lot of our lives have lived in, but have pushed against. And there's even a term, I think, for what you all are doing, and you're doing it without, you know, specific books about it or therapists about <laughs> it. You're you're really doing it like from your hearts, your care for one another and your love for yourselves as well, is you're consciously uncoupling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And I think people need to hear that. Like consciously uncoupling. It's a beautiful thing and it's not wrong and you know in the beginning there was no rhyme or reason in my head for it not to work we're planning a wedding you're Mm -hmm. just stressed because there's so many things going on and so many people's opinions because they love you but at the end of the day 
you love this person. You've been with them for nine years, going on 10. Like, this is where you're at. This is the next stage and phase of being with somebody, right? Like the kids and um, then, you know, grandkids, whatever. You go on that trajectory. So you tell yeah. yourself these things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and what we tend to forget in that is it is okay to say it didn't work for no other reason other than we grew as two individuals that just a lock and key didn't fit together anymore. And they may not fit together again, but that's okay. That we can still have this love and respect and friendship for one another and still be in each other's lives without it being in this way Mm -hmm. or not being in each other's lives but there doesn't need to be a catalyst a big trauma to say to us this is not working for us this is no longer the dynamic we want we both want this is no longer the relationships we both want we can't show up as humans for each other in this way and that's sad but it's also not a horrible thing it's actually like you said a pioneering like we are recognizing this isn't serving yeah from somebody who's not going through it at this moment in my life uh, you know this is your story in in this moment in your life I can really as you share I can really feel inside of myself on a cellular level how beautiful this is and really what a gift it is to both of you in the long term to recognize in yourselves and in one another that you have grown and that you not only it's not like you've just grown apart you've grown as individuals you've grown more into yourselves mm-hmm. and that can be bittersweet and do you feel like that focus like I don't want to say it's like having that be part <laughs> of something you're focusing on does that show up as bittersweet? Does that feel? Oh, <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Ooh. So obviously going through it, you have these conversations with yourself, with my friends, family. And I had this conversation with one of my uh, really good friends, Lydia, who has been through something very similar to this. And creating the safe space for me just to say this was my experience. You know, I'm letting you know, like, it's okay. I'm proud of you. Because again, I'm stepping into to what services me versus hiding myself and taking away more of myself because I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm trying to make something work that although I'm not showing up for myself, I'm showing up for this person because I love them. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing too. But you, you, I need myself too. I need to show up for myself. And one of the things she said that still sticks with me is you're grieving. It's a loss and it sucks because that is somebody that you formed not only a life together, but you helped each other grow. You know, we were babies when we started, we were 22 years old, had no idea where we were going in life, what we wanted. We just knew we were stepping into this adulthood and we have more freedoms than we did previously. And I think now that we are 30 year olds who stepped into a big part of who we are, you know, I stepped into this realm of realizing like, no, I want to be a coach and, and this is how I want to show up. We realized that 
there are different things now we want. And that's the sweet in it. Like, that's okay. The bitter is the loss of all the, all the, the love and connection that we not won't have anymore, but won't be the same. It won't look the same, but the sweet is that we now get to show up for ourselves in a way that we maybe didn't before because we were together and there were parts of us that we were holding back on or, you know, pushing to the side because I was with this partner and we both had this, this one cohesive dream together. Now I can dream for me. And to bring it back to what she said, she got quiet and she was like, it's liberating, Mm -hmm. liberated. And at first I was like, oh no, I wasn't trapped. I wasn't in this like toxic relationship. (laughs) Yeah. But she's right. It doesn't have to be toxic or bad or, you know, abusive. No, it could still be beautiful and great and sweet and amazing, but it still can be liberating to separate from that because I gave so much of myself to that person willingly and happily, but now I get to do that all back to me. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that liberation, you, you liberated, um, you told yourself, I mean, this is recent and prior to the separation starting, you were going about this happily, mm-hmm. um, which means there was part of you that weren't, wasn't telling yourself your whole truth. So you were liberated from that as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, for sure. I mean, whew, it's, it is a wild ride with any relationship you're in, friends, family, significant other. Absolutely. Right? Like you you are on this journey with people and having these experiences and connections. And that's what that's what it's about, right? Like we all want to connect with people. We all want to feel, you know. Um, but there is no rule book or plan or strategy that's like, this is the way to do it. This is the one track, you know, try this and it'll work out. Um, but that's also be- beautiful and bittersweet too, right? Like, ooh, have no rule book on it, but at the same time, it can look and feel whatever it's supposed to. So yeah, unconscious coupling, like that is a beautiful thing. And I think if more of us were accepting that you can end a relationship and it not be the end of a relationship and still have that person in your life and still be able to support and love each other, whichever way that looks like. Why, why can't we do that? Like, why are we burning these bridges and cutting everyone off when all we all want is to live our highest self with human connection? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, clearly, you both have you share a dog and so your doggy parents and so that's only going to help the you know it's going to be the, it it these uncouplings affect people animals they affect a lot of things around us um and so then you, you think about with human children how much healthier it would be i mean i'm a child a product of divorce and how much am I did a pretty good job, honestly, of dealing with that divorce in terms of me, but how much more helpful that would be <laughs> if people could, <laughs> could just do this. And 
And I can think back even in my, um, you know, my twenties when I left a really important relationship. And I remember my best friend was like, you know, I'm still going to be friends with him. And I was not at this level of maturity. And I was like, <laughs> what? How dare you? Oh my gosh. I love that person. I am still like, he's one of my best friends and I wanted him to, you know, lose the connection with my friends and family. I mean, it's like, as if I was a different person then, well, I was, <laughs> um, but like, wow, you know, that's so, it's just so small and limiting and not expansive. And I was thinking about, and I want to go back to the music thing a little bit. I, I <laughs> there's two parts here. One, when I left my last relationship, it was really hard for me to listen to music. I mean, songs would just devastate me and they would actually kind of do the opposite of what you were talking about. They would really send me into a loop, mm. um, especially if they were things we sang together or whatever. So I could listen to instrumental music and I could, I did a lot of writing music. So I wrote a lot of songs. Oh, and wow. Yeah, that was Thank you. And, and now those kind of make me cry, but they're, they're amazing. I mean, there's so much, they're beautiful. There's so much talent that flowed out of that pain. Mm -hmm. So I can really see that. Um, but it took me years, honestly, to be able to listen to some of my favorite music again. And recently I heard, I don't know where it was probably an Instagram or something, <laughs> <laughs> But this idea that be careful what you sing mm -hmm. because you're singing somebody else's story. I mean, certainly you might, you might uh, metabolize it different than the onus of where they, where the song came from in their lives. Sure. But so what, I guess my, my kind of question to you about this is, is that what kind, like you said, sad music. So what, what were the stories in the music you were listening to, if that's not too vulnerable to share? Oh, not at all. I think, well, one, being vulnerable is healing. Um, there, but, truth. Right? It's it's cathartic. Um, this is a therapy session here. Thank you, free of charge. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Loving it. Um, so... In line with what you said, absolutely cannot, especially because we were planning a wedding. So we were talking about, you know, music is, mm. is vital for the both of us, right? Our relationship stemmed from music. It stemmed from, you know, me being a dancer, him playing guitar, us wanting to go to concerts together, our friends and us having this community of people who would go to festivals together and, yeah. and enjoy each other's company in this music environment. So... That being said, yeah, I cannot listen to certain songs. I I love John Butler. John Butler was always our thing. He would sometimes put the record on and play it, and I, we would, like, dance silly in the living room. Cannot. <laughs> Actually, mm -hmm. not sure I can go near a record player for a little bit, but we'll see how that goes. Um, so I think a lot of what I'm currently listening to is um, John Mayer. So... Mm -hmm love that man and all his heartache because his message has always been and one song comes to mind um I'm hurting and sad 
I'm recognizing I'm hurting and sad and that my place is, you know, half of a heart and I may not be able to give people my whole heart right now. I recognize that I need to say what I need to say Mm -hmm. and it might be hard and it might be frustrating or mad or sad or, or feeling guilty really, because I know sometimes my words may hurt this person and that's not my intention. I never want to hurt this person, but I'm also not going to be able to speak my truth then. So um, he, John Mayer has helped me kind of sit in that, that sad feeling without bringing me to despair. Mm, Yeah. Where um, I'll also listen to like some like some like gangster shit, you know, Tupac and Biggie, I put them on and I'm feeling like a bad bitch. Like, yeah, I need that too. And I need to to go into work and be like, today's the day. Nobody's going to mess with me. My rock and roll, my emo phase, like just really sitting with those two and, and saying that message of like, fuck, I'm a bad bitch. Yeah, I am. Like, I still am. And that's also a beautiful message. Like, don't mess with me. I, I am strong. I'm powerful. I'm going to do all the things I'm capable of doing. I'm going to be independent, make my money self-sufficient and boosting me up too. So I love, I love that you brought this up because yeah, in the witchy realm, you got to be careful about the things that you say and put out there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You got to be careful about the messages you're, you're allowing the universe to hear um, because she's always, or he is always listening. Yeah, I really like that. And I'm also, and maybe this isn't true. I, I don't know the lineage of your uh, musical listen, you know, when things came into your life, but I'm also hearing that you're tapping into stuff that's like also just you, like you both had this and you came together over it, but this is like yep. pre-relationship. Mm-hmm. Like your yeah. badass bitch stuff was like, prior yes and she was a little bit in the relationship I mean I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to have my mom my dad and my brother have very eclectic taste in music Mm -hmm. and really be able to teach me different genres and artists and show me their love and appreciation for the Almond Brothers where you know um my dad might be more Cat Stevens where my brother was like yo we're hitting some Biggie and Luda and like yeah putting all that into my pot to say like oh I love it all and it all has meaning and different points and emotion and I think Marios and I had that together and I think we had it separate and I'm really living like you said in that separate realm of there were some things that I listened to that he may not have been into, but now I can just listen to it and like absorb it for me. And it yeah. has no connection. And then there's also things that like, okay, we kind of listen to this together, but due to my upbringing, there are certain songs that have a different meaning, even though you and I listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers or um, the Almond Brothers together, that's still something I can hold for myself um, and and celebrate and like, like you said, live in, in my, my moment of music, me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, it really felt that way as you were describing it. And plus, you know, timeline wise, I figure, you know, like you said, all my brothers, Cat Stevens, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. And I love that you brought up Red Hat Chili Peppers. I think of that, that is a really good one because I've listened to, to them certainly with like every partner I've been with, with in adulthood, but I can remember being a preteen and 
having a crush and Liz and like the kid's parent was playing under the bridge, like of all songs. Mm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it brings me back to being 10 years old and or 12 or whatever. And, and so knowing that like, because it can be, I think with music, especially it's like, oh, we did this together. And then that can be a bit hard, like again, bittersweet, heartbreaking, loving, <laughs> all of that. But it's like, oh, wait, this was me too. We came together partially over this, but this is me as an individual as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it's really the big umbrella of saying that is a relationship in a whole. There are parts of me that are still going to show up as the parts of me with you because you helped grow me and evolve me into this beautiful being too. There are so many parts of me that are just me and they're, they're all going to coincide and move forward together. And that's, that's the, that's the unconscious part about it is unraveling and picking the pieces that I'm like, Ooh, this is still just me. And this is cool to sit in this space. Ooh, I'm recognizing you show up a little bit in this Avenue here and I can take it for now or I can leave it and save it for later. But this piece will always still be with me. And that's that's beautiful. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, um, the collage of our lifetime, right? Mm. Hmm. It's always a work in progress. Absolutely. And what are we doing if we're not always working and adding to it? Um, and you know, I think it's a lot of life is give and take, give and take, but I don't think you actually, and we touched upon this one time, take away. I think you just realize like, this doesn't really serve me right now, or maybe it won't ever again, but I'm not pulling it away. It's still there. Yeah. It's just in the way we talked about art, like it's just painting over it, but the yellow is still there, but putting the blue on top of it changes the picture and it looks different, but the yellow still resides within the blue. Yes, absolutely. I was, I was, I was really feeling that too, that idea. And it's like, it doesn't really, even if somebody else can't see it, that doesn't matter. It's your collage. It's your lifetime. Yes. Yes. And owning that and really, you know, I think that was a big catalyst for me and and being like, what am I doing? Continuing down this path when I'm not owning me. Yeah. And if I continue down this path, how little of me will be there and be left. And that's mm. not, that's not the human experience. That's not what this life is supposed to be. That's not what he would want in a partner either. So yeah. somebody who completely coincide with you in a way where like I'm molded now into you, not with you and vice versa. So yeah, I, it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's sad it's hard. It will be something that I think for, it'll ripple for a little while in the years of healing and things that come up because that is life. And you don't really know that you've fully experienced or felt something until things come up in life and kind of bring things to the surface. Um, But I'm really, really proud of us, not just myself, of us for showing up for each other in the way that we have been and for ourselves. That's really beautiful. I'm happy and proud for you as well. 
I know you've been such a faith space and um, nugget of wisdom in like ways that I don't even think you've realized. And I think that's one of the things I'm super grateful for. And okay, it sucks that this is happening and it sucks it's happening now because I had so many other things planned in life <laughs> <laughs> and things I wanted to focus on. But I'm super happy because I formed these beautiful bonds with people that I've gone through six months of a journey with on, on having these conversations about, you know, rituals, routines, showing up, my dharma, and my pizza, my vata, my kava, you know, my human design, astrology, all these different topics that fueled me up and tapped into myself, but with people that were doing the same thing. And then from that, I stepped out of this into this realm of having really authentic, pure relationships with some of these people that were on this journey with me and now get to be on this journey with yeah. me get to bring this component into my life and as much as it's bittersweet with you know the loss of of this relationship with my partner I'm also gaining other realms of relationships and tapping in to those relationships now as one one exits you know more enter in a different capacity and then yeah Absolutely. Well, I am honored to be a part of your journey for sure. What a mm. wonderful person. Oh, Brandy, I am honored <laughs> to have you on this ride with me and me <laughs> on your journey with you. And absolutely do this thing called life. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, it's like, you know. I'm sure you've heard this before, but it's like when one door closes, another one opens and it can be really hard in the trenches to remember that or even want to embrace that. Like, I don't know how to close, um, but it's so great to be able to really like sink into what that is. And really what that is, is it's like, I think of, um, oh man, I just, I love this analogy is like, we're living life. Well, not everybody does this, but we're living life. Like we're on a flying trapeze and mm -hmm. the universe, which comes to us in the form of our support systems, our friends, our animals, nature, our spirituality, whatever that is, is that net that if you go and you miss the bar and you fall, you don't die. <laughs> mm. You just bounce back and find a new iteration of yourself in everything. And, and I think just tapping back into the whole conscious uncoupling and um, wanting to care for one another is the root of a relationship is that you fall in love with somebody as an individual, you don't fall in love with them as this like carbon copy of you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that gets lost along the way, but it is really the truth and the root of it that, um, so to be able to embody that and to make choices based on that truth is really powerful. And again, back to this like pioneering thing, it's really rather new society wise, you know, um, whether it's religion or law, you know, government, whatever powers that be. <laughs> that want to like create this little box system. Um, so yeah, uh, 
I think a, a question I want to ask you, um, kind of closing out this particular topic is what would be like one or two, a couple, whatever, but at least one thing <laughs> that if you were to tap into your future self, you know, whatever, three years, five years, 20 years from now would tell you now, what like nugget do you think that a future Ooh. self would tell you now? Ooh. Mm, that's good. What would future Mal tell me? Um, I think a big one that comes up is I'm proud of you. Mm. Um, because I have lived a lot of my life, especially in my earlier years, and I think it's common for kids, people pleasing, mm -hmm. um, checking those boxes because I was supposed to check those boxes, um, coming from, you know, the dynamic of my mom being an addict, especially too, it's like, I would wake up and I'm like, okay, if I just do all the things she wants, maybe she won't yell at me today or get upset or even take that sip of alcohol or whatever the drug is. Um, to learning as I got older, what it meant to choose things, not because it satisfied family, friends, work, but because it made me happy. And that might be really hard because again, you're hurting people unintentionally or making choices they don't agree with, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And it most certainly isn't a place that you should be in because you're not living your life then. And for that, for doing this and recognizing that I'm doing it for myself, because at the end of the day, that's what this life is for, is for me. I'm proud of me for showing up in that way. Mm. Yes, that makes so, I really resonate with that for sure. Um, so I love this. So when it gets tough, when it gets painful to keep walking this choice that you've made, you can have this mantra of I'm making this choice because I'm brave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, in my archetypes, warrior was not one of the top. <laughs> I am very much the nurturer, entertainer, teacher, you know, and I love that because that is innately who I am. Um, it's comforting. It comes natural to me, but it also frustrated me because I did have that fight in me. I would see it in ways I would show up for other people. I'd fight for my friends. I'd fight for my relationship. I'd fight for my family. But why wasn't I a warrior for myself? Yeah. And when you said brave, that's what came up. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a fucking warrior. Yeah, I am proud of myself for despite how terrifying it is to now go, especially in today's economy, out of my own. Yeah, a new business <laughs> and a relationship that has literally been cohabitating together for through a lot of shit. Yeah, to live for myself and being brave in that and trusting that process, even when it's hard and lonely and scary. That's 
come on now. <laughs> well, I'm glad when I reflected it back to you, you know, you're like, when I heard you say brave, I thought warrior, just don't lose sight of the fact that it's your future self that told you you're brave. Mm. And I am just a mirror reflecting it back to you. <laughs> Brand me. Ooh, the coach and you. Man, my- <laughs> you are ah. a sweet, wonderful mirror as well. <laughs> um, so uh, about the archetypes, I wanted to uh-huh. say, and I think this is important, like whether it's about doshas or archetypes, or you and I have talked about this with zodiac signs, but this idea that we are all of these, we are not just one of them. And when I take the, like that archetype quiz, I'd be really interested to see a year from now, if you retake that, if warrior comes up for you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I will most definitely tap into that because, um, you know, when I first did it, so I found Sahara and DCI through her podcast. Um, (laughs) and then her, um, discover your Dharma book. So at that time that I was on this really self-reflective discovery of like, oh no, this resonates with me. Like I am definitely in this bubble, this person, um, nurturer, entertainer always came up and I was like, okay, I kind of freaking knew that artist, like all these things, visionary. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then when we were in DCI and I was in this new chapter of life, I had graduated. I was doing the occupational therapy thing out of school. I was like, I'm curious, what comes up? Nurture, entertainer, but then teacher went from being something that was kind of in the middle to being my top three, Mm. like second. And I thought that was so funny because nurture and teacher, very similar, super different. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, one is I'm going to hold your hands and not tell you how to do it. I mean, you know, as we are coaches, we are nurturers. I'm going to hold that mirror up so you can see what, what you are already saying and know where a teacher is like, I'm going to teach you how to do this. I'm going to show you that two plus two equals four, how to get there. Boop, boop, bop. Like it's not, I'm going to hold your hand. It's I'm going to, I'm going to give you the tools so you can do it for yourself. And it was really, really freaking cool to see that come up because of where I was currently at in my life. Yeah. Because you're right. They all are within us. We are all the zodiac signs. We are all the different human designs. We are all the different archetypes. We are pizza, vata, and kapha. We are all of that. That's the beautiful thing about humans. We are masculine and feminine. But due to what point we are in, evolving to our highest self and becoming the whole person the whole spiritual idea of the evolution of us different things do this balancing scale and some things rise to the top just for that point in your life for that lesson for that growth to then scale back down or maybe even step up there now I'm stepping into I am a fucking warrior (laughs) and she's gonna stay that way who knows right so I love that you um, threw that out there because yes, I sh- I hope you remind me because I will. <laughs> we all know how my attention span can be sometimes, but yeah, um, I'm curious. And maybe it's not even a year from now. Maybe it's when you know I officially move out and I settle in and I start my business and I'm like, oh, hey, warrior, how you doing? Or maybe it's not even the warrior. Maybe it's something completely different that I was like, what the heck. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it's true. And not that this is, um, not to go so into the archetypes because there's something else I want to bring up, but um, yeah. I think, in, so Entertainer came up for me as well. Shocker. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I do like it. But what I realized is that inter, so for me, I think that Entertainer came up as a result of me answering the questions that were pertaining to that based on my people pleasing people pleasing qualities. Mm. So it's not that I don't have that, but so far in my life, it has shown up for the most part when I am people pleasing. Mm. So just a little thing to put out there. No, that's really interesting because I think what people don't realize when we say entertainer and it's something that um when it came up for me I was like what entertainer like I don't want to be an actress currently I did when I was a kid because I liked like making people laugh and cry um but that's what it is that's the entertainer I want to make you feel Mm -hmm. so it is inevitably hugely people pleasing and I mean you see that with um, famous comedians that I want to make you laugh. I want to bring you joy, but in their own life, they're suffering from maybe depression or heartache. Robin Williams comes like right to the front of my brain when you said it. Yeah. And, and that's truly what it is. It's I, I'm people pleasing the status quo because I have this beautiful skill and I'm capable of it, but I also am lacking it within myself. So that's not a shock to me that, yeah, when, when it shows up for you, it's out of this component of, I am showing up for all of you. I am cooking this amazing meal. I'm entertaining while I do it. Like I'm making you laugh. I'm making you cry. I'm making you smile. I'm making you feel all these emotions. Yeah. 100% people. <laughs> yes. In my amazing humor. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. I do have a good um, sexy yeah. humor, but still, I'm joking. No, you have a great <laughs> <laughs> Um. Okay, so as we're kind of getting to the end here, I I think what I really want to ask you is after you're through the majority of this transition, you have your new place, you're settled, you've had some downtime in that space, you're starting to roll out your coaching launch um what does all of that look like what is the next whatever you know six months or three months to a year whatever you know whatever that time period was that what are your hopes what do you be planning on doing yeah oh this is the stuff that charges me up and I think the new place that I get to sit in you know now I shouldn't say now because grief will always and and sadness will always come up from time to time. Because, Absolutely. Right. It's still so new and, and there's just so much processing that comes with it. Um, and even physically moving out of the space with him, that's going to cause a whole other realm of this emotional part. But I'm stepping into the power of like that liberation. I get to live for me. I get to dream for me. I get to create a space for me. And I don't have to worry or people please or think about what that looks like for anybody but me. And I haven't fully done that in so long. So it's like, 
whoo, I'm excited. Um, and so when I really sit and think about it, I think initially it's going to be making my space, my space, cleansing it, crying in it, you know, making it my own so that I can feel safe again and tap back into a lot of the routines and rituals that I've pulled away from because it's so chaotic currently in this space for the both of us. Um, you know, taking down pictures of us, packing up my stuff, living in this realm of like, we live together, but we're not partners anymore, respecting each other's space, but also at the same time, sharing the same space, you know, cooking, yeah. cleaning, sleeping, all that stuff, being able to provide that for myself and then tap into, okay, my morning routines, my rituals, my yoga, you know, being able to be myself again in that way, in my home and my hermit space, because I do love being a homebody as social as I am. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from that, really allowing that Vata side to come up. I think she's, she's there when it comes to the coaching business and the ideas and what I want. I mean, we've talked about it so many times of like, I, I want this, this is, this is what I see. This is what the download's telling me but allowing it to come up so then I can I can transfer it now fully into Pitta and create and do and be and work and like put the pedal to the metal so to speak to create this business and I think that just looks like allowing myself to be myself again Mm -hmm. because we're in limbo right now yeah in this very strange, not fully apart, not fully together space of like, okay, we're slowly kind of morphing into our own lives, but we're respectfully still trying to live, cohabitate together. Once I do that, I think the next few months to a year, it looks like me really just living my full expression of my dreams. And that may look different from what I think those dreams are currently, Mm-hmm. to what they, they show up as but it's really just investing in the things that fuel me up and fulfill me and becoming a coach and having a podcast and and doing and experiencing things that maybe I haven't tried or experienced before because I didn't tap into that person mm. sounds exciting yeah. <laughs> for one um, and I can imagine that all of this stuff that you're going through right now, all of these transitions, all of these like coming into self again and figuring out what these next steps are and then living these next steps are really going to enhance what you do as a coach. And I know there's a lot of people out there that maybe will be inspired by just taking the leap. And also a whole nother set of people who have are are in the process of taking the leap or are on the other side of the leap and maybe didn't spend the time to consciously uncouple, but they can, there is the potential to sort of do that on your own after all is said and done. And I feel like you'll be a really valuable person for many people, but specifically that subset of our population. And there's a lot of that out there. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's the unique thing about us being coaches. You are going to tap into something because of you and your experiences that is going to be completely different and beautiful from me. And what I tap into my clients, they're going to be different, but they're needed because 
everybody's different and has experienced different things. Um, and I love that you said that because, you know, prior to all of this, it looked my coaches, my, not my coaches, my clients looked different, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I think they still partially look like the, the mom who's overworked and tired and trying to show up for her kids, but also has a full-time job or the 20, five-year-olds who realize they went to college and are doing this job that they're like, I hate this and I am not fulfilled. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the clients that are also like, I suffer from anxiety and depression and it doesn't look pretty and I don't know how to show up for myself. And I also feel like I don't fit into any mold or characteristic. I'm so different. Nobody understands me. And I don't know how to cope with this because I feel so alone has now turned into another bracket of that leap. That person that I was so used to fitting in and doing the standard norm and doing what was comfortable because I thought I had to, because I felt I needed to, because I didn't want to fail in this way. Yeah. I can now be like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Let's process this. Let's talk about consciously uncoupling from someone even if that means you no longer even talk to that person you can still heal from this and have this experience and come out on this side as this human being even if you didn't do this process like I did this way that is your journey and it's going to look different and it's still going to be beautiful and you can still do it and I think that's one thing that I really like about this is I'm going to be able to show it was crazy. We were in limbo. Um, you know, I have pictures of me boxing up stuff and thinking of ideas of like, okay, I'm going to post this. And like, I have a picture of me crying one day in the bathroom at work. And like, this is what it fucking looks like. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. It was not cute. But then coming out on the other end of showing my apartment and showing the process of like really making it my own and like who I am at that current time. And this is now this is what it looks like. Because yeah. that is, that's, that's life. What you're going through currently doesn't rain forever. There, you know, there aren't <laughs> storm clouds. It's not going to be horrible and gross forever. You're going to come out on the other side. It won't, it, it'll look different, but different's not always bad. And you have to trust the process and trust that there will be a sense of, Yeah, absolutely. When you were, um, when I first asked the question and you were sharing sort of where you're at now and moving into the transition of having your own space and then how that transitions into you focusing on you and your career and, and all of that, um, this image came to me so clear. And I think this metaphor is used often. Um, it's, it's not like new news, but it was very specific how it came to me. Um, you were describing something that felt very, for lack of better terms, slimy and gooey and mushy. Um, sort of talking about this limbo state. And it made me think of a cocoon, but it specifically made me think of your relationship where you were um, yoked with your partner as the caterpillar mm. um, coming in and, and basically 
it becomes mush and then the butterfly forms. And so this kind of interesting period where there's still like cell of caterpillar and there's beginning cell of butterfly, but it's all mushy. And then as you come out into this, you know, this next year of your life and of your awakening of self, that you are this butterfly that comes out. And again, back to all of this stuff about the painting, you're, that's still in you on some level, but here you are, this beautiful butterfly. Mm, yes, yes. It's funny you say that because, you know, the science in me, as I'm like talking about two parts separating, I'm thinking of cells, like when you wake a baby mm-hmm. and like how they start to like come together. But then in order for more things to form, different cells are separating, doing their jobs, you know, some go to be bones and some go to be muscles. Um, and and I think you had a better envision and beautiful way of, of saying that because <laughs> it is um yeah I mean without change there would be no butterflies and that is not only boring and sad because butterflies are beautiful um but it also isn't what this is all about it's not life it's not how we grow It's not how we evolve into the next stage of being. I mean, there's a reason why caterpillars don't stay caterpillars. Yeah. And there's also a reason why caterpillars are in their cocoon for so long. And, you know, in you saying that, I was like, wow, I'm really, I'm in the cocoon. And I'm trying to, as much as I want to be that butterfly, I'm like, right, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to be here anymore. Trying to sit with that, okay. I still got the gooeyness of of being a caterpillar and now it's uncomfortable growing my wings and morphing into this new being. I know, I know it's going to be beautiful, but I got to enjoy this journey. Mm -hmm. I can't rush because rushing is going to lead to making decisions or choices that aren't necessarily great for me. It's also only going to bring up frustration and anger, which so annoying, (laughs) (laughs) but being, being in the cocoon right now, just allowing my, myself to feel uncomfortable to grow to be frustrated to be upset because I know on the other end whether right now it's it it, I don't know what it looks like it's going to work itself out because of you know what you said earlier being on that trapeze the net is there we we may not see it because we're so far up and we're doing flips and like we're so focused on the current movements of now but you have to trust and know it's going to catch you. The universe is going to help support you and bounce you back. We were not created to be here to fail. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and failure is only a freaking lesson. Like it's not failure. Right. It's like not this ultimate failure. Yeah. Right. You know, we weren't put we weren't created, we're not stardust, whatever you believe, you know, God's creation, whatever it is, we weren't here to just take a few steps, fail, that's it. Because if that was the case, and all these beautiful things that life brings up, all these heartaches make for better days, like they, it wouldn't, this wouldn't be a thing, we wouldn't strive to want to be this other version of ourselves. we wouldn't want to have connection and love and experiences greatness doesn't happen without repeated failure along the way ah 
Say it one more time for the people in the back. <laughs> Truly. Oh, yes. I tell my kids this all the time because they get so frustrated with themselves, especially ugh, typing and writing is such a trigger for them. And I'm like, look, you are meant to be on this journey right now, not to be perfect, not to show up effervescently, free-flowing, everything's great. Because if that was the case, you would not understand the appreciation for when you get to that point of being able to be the typer, the writer, the basketball player that you are meant to be. Yeah. You have to go on that journey. It's going to build strength and appreciation and gratitude and all these beautiful like little sugar notes of pieces of, of, of you to be that person. We weren't meant to show up on this, this earth with everything and just like, okay, perfect. That's not, that's not experience. That's not life. That's, that's not why we're here. Cause if it was, it'd be so freaking boring. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so boring, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And even just makes me think of such a, like, when you say the boring part of like, oh, well, even gaming, it's like, we wouldn't enjoy games if they weren't challenging. Like, oh, we all won. And all we, we started the game and two seconds later, we're all winners. Like, no, it's, you know, it's, oh, goodness. Yeah. Yes. The funny part about that is you start to see it again with the kids that I work with, the ones that are really good at stuff. They get bored so easily when they're mm -hmm. constantly winning. Nobody likes watching football when it's always Tom Brady winning, unless you're a big Tom Brady fan, which fine, whatever, I get it. He is a goat. But like, it gets boring. Yeah. The status quo, doing the same thing. Everybody, if everybody was perfect, it'd be freaking boring. Absolutely. Yes. We're perfectly imperfect. Mm. <laughs> and it's what a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing, because it allows us to connect. It teaches us. It is the fuel that, like, really provides the juiciness of our uniqueness. I love that. The mm -hmm. fuel for the juiciness of our uniqueness. <laughs> great quote. Thank you. <laughs> it's been really great having you today. It's been amazing healing to be here um, with mm. you. And, and thank you so much for not only inviting me on your podcast and, and having this moment with you, but providing me the safe space to show up mm. authentically, but really just wholeheartedly. Mm. That's, that's my heart's pleasure. Yay. So in closing, um, if people want to reach out to you, where would they do that? Okay. I can't believe this is like my first time doing this. This is so exciting. Um, so again, Mel, I am a yoga teacher, life purpose coach, uh, certified occupational therapist. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at Melly, M-E-L-I-B underscore E-E. -E. And the same on the TikTok. 
um, and hopefully soon, eventually on a podcast stream. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, great. Mm. Thank you for coming. And um, I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much, Brandy. Thank you so much for having me. So much love and light to you. Mwah. And thank all of you out there for joining us for this super awesome special episode of Speak with Brandy B. Love. Have a wonderful week and I'll be here next week. <laughs>